Welcome back to Worship Weekly. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Most importantly, share Worship Weekly with someone else this week. This week we'll conclude A Second Chance with part two as we continue to study and learn about second chances. Scripture reading for the first message started with Luke 23, verses 39 to 43. But first, Miss Gloria Estes with the Old Rugged Cross. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the symbol of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of loss. So I'll cling to the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will Jesus, Lord, meaning that he accepted him as him. 
Master and Lord of his life and heart. He found forgiveness and salvation. And so did the dying thief. The word Lord meant a full surrender. The acceptance of Jesus Christ swelled in his own life. Dr. Torrey said that in his world tours of evangelism, the most popular song ever where there was a great revival was I Surrender All Coming to Jesus for Salvation. It involves not only a mental acceptance of the fact that Christ is the Son of God, far more than that, it involves a heart surrendered to Him and bending to the will, giving up to Jesus. The dying thief that day cast himself upon the mercy of the Lord Jesus, depending on Him alone, accepting Him as the Lord and Master of His faith, and He was not refused. Dear sinner, will you bow the knee to Jesus today? Will you accept Him? Not only as your Savior, but as your Lord, your Master, your Lord, your King. Fourth, the thief simply prayed, remember me. It does not take much praying to get one saved. In fact, it does not necessarily take any conscious prayer. Everyone who honestly puts his trust in the Lord Jesus comes to Christ in his own heart for forgiveness and mercy, receiving his salvation, and then there. But it is often help for a sinner to put his surrenders, his trust in words. So Romans 10, 13 said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The publican who prayed in a temple said, God be merciful to me. A sinner wasn't that a simple prayer. And the prodigal son had a very humble prayer playing when he returned to the Father. He was going to say, Make me as one of thy iron servers. But he never got those words out before. He was smothered in his father's kisses and was rejoicing in the father's embrace and forgiveness. Not long ago, a woman whom I had the joy of leading to the Savior prayed, and I remember that she said, Lord Jesus, please forgive me and take me to your heart. Oh, how simple can it pray of us anyway? He comes to save you. You know, Jesus Christ is birth Savior. It does not matter exactly what you say. It does not matter whether you say anything at all, consciously or aloud. The whole point is that you need to call on Jesus for the forgiveness and mercy. And when, even in the secret depth of your heart, you call on the Lord Jesus, you are assured that whosoever is called the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, we do not have to beg God into salvation or saving anybody. We do not have to make any promises. We do not have to drive any bargain. We don't have to come. Just as I am without one plea, but thy blood was shed for me, and that thy body biddest me come to thee. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot, to thee those whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, thy will receive, will welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve, because I promise I believe, O Lamb of God, I come. What kind of lessons 
do you get from the dying thief's salvation? Some great gentleness or evidence to us as we study this sweet story of the salvation of the poor sinner who wanted a second chance. As God loves sinners then, he loves them now. And Jesus saves people now just as quickly as he saved them then. The plan of salvation has never changed, it never will. Let us observe the following lessons. The wickedness sinner can listen. No matter on what you've done, it may be the sweet story is told just to hear Ark and ever poor lost sinner who wants to be saved. So many, many times in the Bible, God goes out of his way to declare that the poorest, blackest, most hopeless sinner in the world can be saved in a moment if he but come through faith in Jesus Christ. Isaiah 1, 18 says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be scarlet, they shall be white as snow, though they be red like crimson, shall be as wood. The dying thief proved that the vilest sinner in the world can be saved if he only comes to Jesus. Paul said, this is a favor saying worthy of all exception that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am cheapest. 1 Timothy 1.15 Jesus himself said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. In Luke 5, 32, I thank God that I have seen, seen murderers, dope addicts, harlots, drunkards, and atheists saved by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The thief, secondly, just before I close it, the thief was saved without works, without baptism, without church membership, without confirmation. You need to write that down. The thief was saved without works, without baptism, without church membership, without confirmation. Let us have the question out in the open. If God demands church membership before one can be saved, did a dying thief had no chance if baptism is part of the plan of salvation, then he cannot be saved. He is nailed fast to the cross. In a few moments he will be dead. There was no way he could be emerged preaching the death and resurrection of our Savior and his own changed life and heart. No one sprinkled water upon his brow. If baptism is essential, salvation and the thief could not be saved. The dying thief was not condemned not confirmed. He did not learn any catechism. He did not take any solemn vows. He never took a communion. No priest pressed a waffle upon his tongue. He was not confirmed. He was not baptized. He was not a church member, but thanks be to God. These are not the ways of salvation. I think this case was so clearly recorded in the Bible because God intended that every man should See that it is only in his heart that men turn to God, and that outward forms and ceremonies have nothing whatever to do with salvation. They may, after the fact, picture the salvation one already has.
they have no part in obtaining forgiveness, mercy from God, baptism with it. It be with a spoonful or a tankful cannot wash away sins. Oh, it takes the blood of Jesus upon the heart. If I were to talking to a nine man on the battlefield today, I could tell him God is ready to receive him if he comes to Jesus' name. Trusting in the blood that was shed in Calvary. On Calvary, rites and forms and ceremonies and religious acts are not a bad part of God's plan of salvation. It is equally apparent that good works have no part in salvation. Salvation depends on good deeds. This poor dying thief would go to the blackest part of hell. He was crucified and during the death penalty just because of his sins. He himself admitted that he had never deserved God's favor. He had lived a shameful, wicked life. I suppose he had broken his mother's heart, and I know that he and broken the laws of both man and God. Oh, but thank God there is salvation for poor sinners who have not lived right. And we know that in themselves there is no good. Good Jesus saved poor sinners. This man would never take a step for the Lord. He feet are nailed fast to the cross and will stay there until he is taken down a corpse with the broken legs. This man will never lift a finger for Jesus. His hands are nailed fast to the cross, and they cannot move. This man will never give a penny to God's cause. He is already stripped of his clothes, hangs there naked, without a penny to pay for anything. Men cannot be saved by their gifts, whether large or small. This man will never preach any sermons, for his tongue He's already swollen till he can't can barely talk. The fevers in his brain and his eyes are glazing and dead. Thank God he can do one thing. One simple thing. He turned to Jesus and said, Lord, remember me. Let us forever do away with any thought that we can earn salvation. It is not by works of righteousness which we are we have done, but according to his mercy to save us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, Titus 3, 5. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, the gifts of God, not of works. That's any man should most. Not of works. Nobody ever deserves salvation. And no one ever will. I deserve hell before I was saved, and I deserve hell now. But bless God that there is Infinite mercy I am. Saving them away to heaven. Salvation is ruled by God's rich grace. Jesus died for sinners. So if some poor sinner listens to this message, I want you to do not start out to bribe God. Do not set out to earn your way to heaven. Such people do not get to heaven. His salvation is only for those who admit themselves poor, undone sinners, and leave the saving to Jesus. You cannot buy salvation with good deeds, but praise the Lord, you can accept it as a free gift to God. Salvation is an instant act of God. 
another blessed lesson shown here is that salvation came instantly to the dying thief. There was no weeping, no pleading, no begging God. I heard a preacher one time say to a congregation, if any sinner will come to this morning back three times nights in succession, I grant thee that he will be saved. That was a foolish thing for any man to say because he could not back up the offer from the Bible. I have an offer to be in time better than that. If any sinner in the world one fraction of the second turn to Jesus and trust him, depending on him forgiveness and salvation, he would have everlasting life that moment. He that believing on the Son had everlasting life, says John the Baptist in John chapter 3, verse 36. Very, very, I say unto you, he that believeth on me had everlasting life, said Jesus in John 6, 47. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, said Paul Solace to the Philippian jailer in Acts 16, 31. In the very instant one puts his trust in Jesus, he has everlasting life. He is already saved. I just know that that the dying thief called on Jesus in his simple faith. And I know that he was forgiven and saved. And once, I know that that day he went to paradise with Jesus. What could be better than that? Salvation is not a long, drawn-out process. It need not involve any waiting, any plea, and any proclamation, probation. When you put you trust in Jesus honestly with a whole heart, then you are saved. And I'm going to ask you, do you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior? If you don't, you need to trust Him today. If you don't trust Him, if you happen to die, you'll go to hell. What's this sermon right here about the nine thief? You need to ask Jesus to to uh, forgive you sin, ask him to come in your heart and save you. Open your door of your heart. You can do that. Let Jesus in, because he loves you. And he wants to save you, Heavenly Father. I'd ask that you take this message and burn it into the hearts of the people that listen to it, and somebody gets saved. And we'll thank you for it. You give him a second chance. You gave that thief a second chance. He asked you to forgive him, to remember him, he said, indeed, I shall be a man in paradise. Now I ask God that somebody hear this message is not saved, that they'll get saved. And if somebody hears this message, they're backslidden, that they get back right with you. And you, you straighten their life out. We'll thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' sweet name we ask this. Amen. This is Reverend Danny Jackson from the First Faith Baptist Church in Rogue, Louisiana, talking to travelers on the radio. We'll let y'all know that you need to get saved if you're not saved. And if you are saved, you need to go to church. And if you don't go to church, you ought to be shaming yourself.